It's the old radio comedy podcast. Welcome to episode 51 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast and the third and final part of our Granby's Green Acres Marathon. I'm Greg Fordyce. If you've been listening to the first two parts, you've heard the first four episodes of only six created of that great classic comedy radio sitcom, Granby's Green Acres, starring Gail Gordon, B. Benedict, and Louise Erickson. Today, we bring you the fifth and final episodes, Granby Lays an Egg and Granby Breaks Down. Following the sixth episode, it was not picked up as a regular show and disappeared into the vaults of history, at least until it appeared in another form 15 years later as the TV show Green Acres with a different cast and characters. Now sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh. We'll be right back after this brief message. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Granby's Green Acres. City people are always complaining about traffic congestion, the subway rush, small apartments, and high prices. Most of them just complain, but every now and then, one of them does something about it. Take the case of John Granby. Martha, we're leaving the city. I quit my job at the bank and bought a farm. Bought a farm? But, John, you don't know anything about farming and growing things. Oh, no? Just take a look at that window box. Look at those geraniums. Aren't they tremendous? Well, yes, but Do you but... know why they're so big? Because I knew what to feed them. I gave them the best plant food that money could buy. I sprinkled charcoal, vitamin B1, bone meal, and ground fish in the soil. John, those aren't our geraniums. They're not? No, they belong next door. They just crawl over here to eat. <laughs> Yes, it's Granby's Green Acres, starring Gail Gordon, B. Benaderet, Louise Erickson, Parley Bear, Horace Murphy, Rye Billsbury, and music composed and conducted by Oki Kitch. And now, Mr. Granby lays an egg. evening at Granby's Green Acres on this July 31st, and inside the weather-beaten farmhouse, we find John Granby seating himself at the dining room table about to do his monthly bookkeeping. Swiftly, he adds up the month's profits, makes a lightning calculation, and says, Martha, where's the red ink? <laughs> John, must you do your bookkeeping on the dining room table? I want to clear it off. Later, later. Now, let's see. Eight and nine. Seven, John, I thought Martha, I... Martha, I'm trying to concentrate on these accounts. If you'd concentrate on your budget, maybe they wouldn't be so muddled up. Why, what did I do wrong? Oh, look for yourself. Let me see. Mm -hmm. One pound of macaroni, 22 cents. One package of tea, 10 cents. 22 and 10 is 52 cents. 
Oh, I see my mistake now. I should hope so. I spell macaroni wrong. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind, Martha. I'll fix it. Shall I get you the dictionary? Yes. Look, look, why don't you find Janice and take a ride to the county seat and see a movie? It, well, maybe I will. They're having television night. Oh, you mean they're giving away a television set? No, they're showing a silent picture. <laughs> now, I don't care. Do something. Go bowling, shoot pool, anything. All right. I'll find Janice and get out of your way. Thank you. Now, maybe I can get some work done. Where was I? Oh, yes. 8 and 9 are 17. 11 is 28. And 6 is 34. Plus 170 is 2. Dad, have you seen Mother? What? Oh, oh, yes, Janice. She's looking for you. Thanks. I'll find her. See, 8 and 9 is 17, and 11 is 28, and 6 is 34, plus 170 is 2. John, have you any idea where Janice might be? Hmm? Oh, uh, she Maybe just... she's out on the porch. 8 and 9 is 17, and 11 is 26, and 6 is 34, plus 170 is 2. John, I can't find Mother. Janice, I'm trying... Don't get mad. <laughs> Eight and nine is seventeen, and eleven is twenty-eight, and six is thirty-four, plus one hundred and seventy is two. But she isn't on the front porch. Who isn't on the front porch? Janice. Maybe she's on the back porch. Eight and nine is twelve. Uh, eight and nine is seventeen, and. Eight and nine is seventeen and... Janice! Eight and nine is seventeen and... And... Whoa! Seventeen and four... Oh! Where can Mother be? Maybe she's on the front porch. Eight and nine... 11 is 28, and 6 is 34, plus 170 is 200. She's not on the back porch. <laughs> is 2. She isn't. Is 2. <laughs> she isn't. I'll try the front porch again. Eight, nine, seventeen, eleven, twenty-eight, and six, thirty-four, plus one, seventy is two. Come in! <laughs> what? I walked around the house. Mother isn't on the back porch either. I'll try the front porch. Eight and nine is seventeen, and eleven is... Excuse me. Twenty-eight, and six is... Excuse me. Thirty-four, plus one hundred and seventy is two... Have you seen Janice? Yes, I have. Oh. Well, where is she? She left you on the far turn. <laughs> Dad, you should have come to the movies with us. Oh, yes, dear. They had to... John Granby, look what you've done to that tablecloth. 
You scribbled all over it. That isn't scribbling. I've just been using it to figure up our balance. Did you find out how we stand, Dad? Well, according to my figures on the tablecloth, we owe $2,350,000. How can that be? You added in two gravy stains and a noodle. <laughs> Dear, exactly how much do we owe? Uh, uh, $2,350. John, I can't understand it. When you bought this farm, you said there'd be money in it. There is, $2,350. <laughs> Haven't we taken in anything? No, no, and we won't until the fall when we harvest and sell the crop. But what does a farmer do between planting and harvesting, weeding and worrying? <laughs> Janice, Janice, most farmers have some between-crop source of income, like raising rabbits, hogs, or chickens, which is what I'm planning to do. Oh. What are you going to raise, Dad? Mink. Mink? <laughs> now, who's that at this hour? Oh, that must be Hank Stafford. He said he might drop by after the 4-H Club leaders' meeting tonight. I'll let him in. Martha, is that agricultural encyclopedia here again? Now, Henry's a very nice boy. I think you dislike him just because he's a county agent and knows more about farming than you do. Martha, he does not. Good evening, no, Mr. Granby. Good evening, Henry. Hello, Mr. Granby. Yes, Martha. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm not interrupting anything important, am I? No, Dad was just talking. <laughs> uh, we were discussing the best thing for a farmer to raise while he's waiting to harvest his crops. What do you think, Henry? Well, there's rabbits, swags, chickens. What do you think of raising mink? Mink? Oh, <laughs> oh why only the stupidest amateur would raise mink. Mr. Granby, you weren't... <laughs> oh. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Granby, I, I hope you understand. When I said stupid amateur, you weren't the stupid one I was referring to. What? <laughs> I mean, uh, just because you're an amateur doesn't mean you have to be so stupid. <laughs> Hank, why don't you go back to the 4-H club? I'm sure there's something you have to sweep out. <laughs> now, John, Henry knows more about these things than you do. That's his job. Uh, what would be your advice, Henry? To raise chickens. It's easy, and you get a good, steady income from the eggs. Eggs? Well, what's wrong with mink? Not only are the skins very valuable, but I think I read somewhere recently that scientific laboratories will pay good prices for mink milk. <laughs> mink milk? Well, I've never heard of such a thing. How in the world would you get milk from a mink? It's easy. All you need is a low stool and tiny fingers. <laughs> Janice, will you please... Or you me. can dig a hole and sneak up on them. <laughs> Mr. Granby, you must have misread that article. Don't tell me what I've misread. John, Henry knows what he's talking mm. about. If he says chickens, then I say chickens. And I say mink. Chicken. Mink. Chicken. Look, Martha, I'm the head of this family, and I intend to have the last word. I say mink. <laughs> Kimball? Yeah? Do you know where I can buy some chicken? I thought that since you run this feed store, you might know where I could buy them. Oh, so you're going to raise chickens? Yes, yes. I thought I'd start with about... I used to raise chickens back in all seven. Had one prize laying hen. She was a real lollapalooza. Uh, yes, but I was... That there hen could almost sense the daily market reports. When the market went up, she laid ten or twelve eggs. When the market went down, she'd only lay one or two. One day, she just passed away from the strain. <laughs> oh? What happened? She got caught in a fluctuating market. 
Now, that's, that's very interesting, but I'd like to buy some chickens. Yep. I, I... That there was quite a year, all sudden. That there was a year they found gold on my farm. Gold? Yep, Charlie Gold. <laughs> Escaped from the state penitentiary. Look, look, uh, I'm, he, was, I'm... he was working in the prison kitchen at the time. Started eating the warden's strawberries at ten boxes all by himself. That's what made him break out. <laughs> Please, Mr. Kimball, do you know where I can buy some chicken? Uh, how many do you want? Oh, about 200. Let's see, I just remembered. I'm going to pick up some chicken today in payment for a feed bill that's owed me. There's about, they're about six months old. Rhode Island Red. Oh, Rhode Island Red. Man couldn't want better egg layers. Egg layers? Mm -hmm. See, that reminds me of a hen I had in all seven. Uh, yes, you, yes. You told me about that. Did I tell you about the fluctuating market? Yes, yes. See, did I tell you about finding gold on the farm? Yes. Gabby, old curse, either. <laughs> Mr. Kimball, do you want to sell those chickens? Sure, it'll get me back the money for the feed, but... It's uh, a good deal for me, too. If they're six months old, they're ready to start laying eggs. Uh, eggs? Mm. Uh, Mr. Grandy, I'd like now, to Now, please, you... Mr. Kimball, no more stories. Just have those chickens sent out to my farm. But he... Doggone it. All I wanted to tell him was that if he wants eggs, why... Well, he sure he ain't gonna get none from the air chickens. They are roosters. <laughs> we'll return to Granby's Green Acres in a moment. If you happen to be a department store executive and you happen to be looking for a sales girl, I don't think that you'll find Joan Davis very efficient. She can cause you too much trouble. But if you be happen to be a radio listener and you happen to be looking for laughs, then be listening in over most of these same CBS stations later tonight to hear Leave It to Joan. Now here's part two of Granby's Green Acres. Mr. Granby, what kind of a hired hand? What are you all dressed up for? We've got a lot of work to do today. I bought 200 chickens. They're going to be delivered this afternoon. Well, I'm going home. You promised me a couple of weeks off. We're having a family reunion. Why does it have to be this week? Well, we only have them once every 10 years. Well, why don't you have them more often? Because my family just can't stand the sight of each other. <laughs> Why do you bother to have them at all? Well, because it makes the nine years in between worth living. <laughs> Ed, I wish you could postpone this trip. I need your help with the chicken. Ordinarily, I'd gladly stay, but you see, they're inviting the girls to the reunion specially for me to meet. Ed, the chickens are important. Oh, Mr. Granby, the ones I meet ain't exactly chickens. They, they lean more towards the crow family. <laughs> yes, yes, but yeah, I... Of course, I did meet a girl a few years back that was kind of nice. Would have married her. She liked me, but her father hated me. Then I met another girl that I'd have married, too. Her father liked me, but she hated me. Well, that's too bad, but finally I... finally met the right one. She liked me, and her father liked me. Then why didn't you marry her? Her husband hated me. Ed, 
I'm in the spot with these chickens. I don't know anything about chickens or eggs. If you get into any trouble, you can always call on Hank Stafford, the county agent. I don't want to do that. Master I don't want to... you will get along. When you first come here, you didn't know how to get milk out of a cow, but you do now. Well, yes, that's right. Of course, there's a different principle to getting milk from a cow and eggs from a chicken. You don't say. <laughs> All you got to remember is a cow pumps it and a chicken dumps it. <laughs> John, look at those chickens. Aren't you glad that you bought them instead of trying to raise minks? I don't know yet. We've had them for three days now. Two hundred of them, and so far they haven't laid one egg. I wonder what's wrong with them. Maybe they're sick. Sick? Well, yes, dear. Maybe they've got chicken pox. <laughs> Martha, a chicken doesn't get chicken pox. People get chicken pox. Well, what do chickens get? People pox. <laughs> John, why don't you send for Henry Stafford? Henry Stafford? He's the one that got me into this. He's the one who told me to buy chickens. I'll find out what's wrong with them myself. Maybe they're too young. Maybe they don't know how to lay eggs. Maybe they have to be shown. <laughs> John, send for Henry. I will not. If these chickens have got to be shown how to lay an egg, I'll do it myself. <laughs> Martha, Martha, I'm worried. Why don't those chickens lay any eggs? It's been five days now. I've been giving them the best care. I feed them, give them fresh water every day. I, I even gave them hot baths. Oh, John, I'm sure you don't have to give chickens hot baths. Well, I, I thought it might relax them. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't hurt to keep them clean. It's a wonder you didn't put them in the Bendix automatic washer. Oh, that's ridiculous. Besides, the spinning would have made them dizzy. <laughs> Hold still, Jake. Hold still. Martha, Martha, hand me that egg. Oh, John, this is the silliest idea I ever heard of. Putting an egg under each chicken. It is not a silly idea. I want to demonstrate forcibly to the chickens what's expected of them. <laughs> but, John, Martha, Martha just... give me the egg. Now, slip it underneath. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, hold still. Hold still. Oh. Oh. Now, chick, sit on it. Oh. That chicken nearly jumped out the window. That egg has been in the ice box all day. <laughs> oh, my mother. Martha, what's that in the frying pan? Eggs. Eggs. Martha, they did it. I told you they would. Ha <laughs> they did it. John. They did it. I told John. you they... Hmm? And what? These eggs are from the supermarket. <laughs> 49 cents a dozen. Oh, no. Why did this have to happen to me? There are millions of chickens in this country happily cackling every time they lay an egg. But do mine have any eggs to cackle over? No. They can't even peep over a ping-pong ball. <laughs> 
not hungry, Martha. Oh, John, you didn't eat any lunch. I'm not hungry. It's silly to let those chickens affect you this way. Why don't you ask Henry Stafford to help you? Martha, as far as I'm concerned, Henry Stafford can... John. Now, John, you two should be friends. Why? Well, you know he's been coming around here two or three nights a week, and... Well, who knows? He and Janice might get married. I forbid it. You can't. Oh, no? You have to come to me for my consent, just as I had to go to your father to get his consent. Just my luck, I had to catch him when he was sober. <laughs> what did you say? It, it was a lucky day in October. <laughs> John, that isn't what you said. You said something about my father being sober. Now apologize. Oh, Say you're sorry. All right, I'm sorry your father was sober. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, not... Uh, <laughs> kind of slipped out. <laughs> John, I'll remember that. Oh, no, I didn't mean it. Forgive me. I'm so upset about those chickens, I don't know what I'm saying. Oh, I know you are, dear. Come on in and eat dinner. Uh, honestly, I'm not hungry. But I cooked everything you like. Corn fritters, potato pancakes, and stuffed bell peppers. With cheese sauce? Uh-huh. Tempt you? When do we eat? <laughs> Come on into the dining room. Everything's on the table. Oh, thanks, Janet. Doesn't it look good? Oh, wonderful. You know, Martha, I, I really am hungry. Well, there are three bell peppers, one for each of us. Help yourself. All right, I'll... I'll... <sighs> Who's that? Oh, that must be Hank. We're going to see a reissue of All Quiet on the Western Front. I'll let him in. All right, dear. Henry's a nice boy, isn't he? Why does he always arrive precisely at dinner time? <laughs> He's always so hungry. Never saw anybody eat as much as that man eats. I don't care if he does. Good evening, Mrs. Granby. Hello, Henry. Hello, Mr. Granby. No, Sam. I uh, hope I'm not interrupting your dinner. We haven't started yet. Uh, won't you join us, Henry? Martha, we only have three bell peppers. Thanks, Mrs. Granby, but I've already eaten. You have? Yes. Well, pull up a chair, Henry, and sit down. Makes it so comfortable. Too thick? <laughs> Now, please go on with your dinner and don't mind me. We won't. Martha, help yourself and pass the bell peppers. All right, dear. Yeah. Janice, take yours. Thanks. Uh, Hank, would you uh, pass this bell pepper to Dad? Why, certainly. I'd be glad. Gee, that smells good. A bell pepper. Yeah, uh, that's what it is. Pass it right over here, Hank. <laughs> Gee, bell peppers, just like my mother always makes. That's fine, fine. Pass it along like a good boy. <laughs> Mrs. Granby, what kind of seasoning did you use in there? Pass the bell pepper. <laughs> I always use sage, thyme, and curry. Pass the bell pepper. My mother uses a sprig of bay leaf. Oh. Pass the bell pepper. <laughs> Mom uses that, too. The bell pepper, pass it. <laughs> Henry, are you sure you wouldn't like to try one? Of course not. He's already eaten past the bell pepper. <laughs> well... On second thought... Yes? I think I will. Oh, uh, no. Help yourself. But what about Mr. Granby? I wouldn't like to take his bell pepper. Oh, John doesn't like them. He never eats bell peppers. What are you saying? John, you know they disagree with you. Don't they? Yes, they disagree with me. How do I know if they disagree with me? I haven't gotten close enough to argue with them. Hey, <laughs> this is great. Just like my mother always makes. Just like my mother always makes. <laughs> His mother is such a good cook, why doesn't he eat at home? 
I don't need to have Where is your mother, right? Hank? Nebraska. I'd gladly buy him a ticket back there. <laughs> One way, of course. Eat everything in sight. Hey, maybe I can get that potato pancake before he spots it. Martha, is that a potato pancake, Mrs. Grant? <laughs> How do you like that? Not only takes the food out of my mouth, but the words, too. <laughs> Henry, oh, do it? you like potato pancakes, Henry? Oh, I love them. Now, that was a stupid question. <laughs> well, then take it, Henry. Oh, no, I couldn't. Go on. What I just think. Oh, but they're really... Martha, so... don't force him. <laughs> Janice, pass me the potato pancake. Sure, Dad. Uh, Hank, would you pass this, please? No, no, wait. I'll come down and get it. <laughs> John, sit down. Henry will pass it to you. What odds are you quoting? <laughs> Why, certainly, Mr. Granby. I'll be glad to... Hey, that sure smells good. To him, everything smells good. <laughs> I wish you had a cold. <laughs> Mrs. Granby, uh, did you make this with an egg and onion batter? Hank, pass the potato pancake. <laughs> oh, yes, I always cook them that way. Just like my mother always makes them. <laughs> Why didn't he spend more time playing baseball and less time in the kitchen spying on his mother? Just leave a... Why don't you try that potato pancake, Henry? Mr. Granby never eats them. Do you, John? Oh, no. <laughs> I never eat potato pancakes. They wouldn't go well with the bell pepper I didn't eat. <laughs> Come on, Henry. Help yourself. You're among friends. That's just her opinion. All right, if you insist. Oh, this is great. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm passing on all these recipes to Janice. Really? All I can say is, if she's anything like you, whoever gets her will be getting a first-class cook. Oh. Whoever gets him will be getting a first-class schnook. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh -oh. oh, look. There's one corn fritter left. I'm starved. Hank, I'm... what time do we have to leave for the movies? Oh, we have plenty of time. My only chance to get that corn fritter is to divert his attention. I won't talk about corn fritters. I'll talk about John, them. what are you mumbling about? Um, I wasn't mumbling, Martha. I was telling Hank about uh, about my chickens. Oh, I didn't hear you. What about them, Mr. Granby? Oh, uh, well, I'm, I'm having trouble with them. What's wrong? Well, they're not laying any corn fritters. <laughs> I mean, uh... Oh, I'd forgotten all about the corn fritters. Henry, does your mother ever make them? No, she doesn't. Well, happy Mother's Day and pass the fritters. <laughs> Right this way, Henry. The chickens are in the barn. I'm right behind you. Dad, we're going to be late for the picture. Can't you walk any faster? How can I? I'm weak with hunger. <laughs> Mr. Granby, if you were having trouble with your chickens, you should have told me about it a long while ago. Well, John is so stubborn. He never can swallow his pride. If I'd known what was going to happen at dinner, I would have. Here we are, Henry. Look, why don't you two run along and see the movie? Mr. Granby, I insist on looking at your chickens. You're in trouble, and it's my job to help you. Duty before pleasure, I always say. I thought you said just like Mother always makes. <laughs> now, John, it'll only take a moment. Open the door. You ought to oil that hinge, Mr. Granby. Look, are you a building inspector or a chicken inspector? <laughs> Go on in, Henry. There they are, Hank. Okay, Mr. Expert, take a look at them and tell us why they aren't laying eggs. Why aren't they? 
Well, what is so funny? Well, they couldn't lay eggs. They're roosters. <laughs> what? Roosters, Dad. John Granby, how could you have made such a stupid mistake? Well, uh, uh, I... Uh, it was, it was, I don't know why. <laughs> Dad, I'm going to have to take you aside and have a little talk with you. Now, look, I never bought chickens before. Oh, you did, too. When we lived in the city, you often went to the butcher for me and bought them. Yes, but I couldn't tell whether I was getting a hen or a rooster. You couldn't? No. The head was always cut off. <laughs> well, John, what are you going to do about those roosters? Well, uh, I, I'll buy 200 hens. 200 hens? What for? One for each rooster. <laughs> Now, once again, we're back at Granby's Green Acres. Eight and nine is seventeen and seventeen. Oh, John, I... Oh, I thought you'd finished all your bookkeeping. Oh, I have. I'm just trying to estimate how much profit we're going to make from our hymns. Oh. Well, how does it look? Oh, pretty good. In fact, I might venture to say that soon you'll be able to buy yourself a lot of little luxuries with the egg money. Egg money? Hmm. But, John, won't that be awfully messy to carry around in my purse? <laughs> Eight and nine is seventeen. And, and good night, John. Uh, good night, Martha. Eight and nine is seventeen. Good night, Dad. Oh, good night. <laughs> Just heard Randy's Green Acres, starring Gail Gordon, Lee Benaderet, Louise Erickson, Harley Bear, Horace Murphy, and Rye Billsbury. Tune in next week when Mr. Granby breaks down. Granby's Green Acres was written by Jay Summers, Jack Harvey, and Dave Swift, and was directed by Jay Summers. Music was composed and conducted by Obie Case. Johnny Jacobs speaking. Starring Joan Davis, following immediately on most of the same CBS pictures. This CBS, where Mystery Theater fascinates you on Tuesday night, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Show me a man who has spent his entire life living and working in the city, and I'll show you a man who would give it all up at the drop of a hat to buy a farm. Take John Granby, for instance. Martha, a farm would be good for all of us, especially Janice. I don't like the idea of our daughter staying out till after 12 every night. Well, John, where could our daughter entertain her friends on a farm? On the front porch. That's where I courted you, remember? Mm-hmm. You always used to bring along your mandolin and play it. Yeah, I had to. That's the only way your father would leave us alone. <laughs> 
He figured as long as he could hear the mandolin, everything was under control. (laughs) (laughs) But you fooled him, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. He didn't know I could play Dardanella with my toes. Yes, it's Granby's Green Acres, starring Gail Gordon, B. Benaderet, Louise Erickson, Polly Bayer, Horace Murphy, and Rye Billsbury, with music composed and conducted by Opie Cates. And now, Mr. Granby breaks down. It's early evening in Doveville, the hour when the farm chores are done, and farmers are relaxing a moment before sitting down to supper. This is the picture we see in the living room of the farmhouse of Granby's Green Acres, with one exception. Mr. Granby is anything but relaxed. John, will you stop pacing up and down? I can't help it, Martha. I'm nervous. Relax! I can't. This farm is getting me down. My nerves are on edge. Sit down. They're like coiled springs. John, sit down. All right. Huh? Martha, I'm unsprung. That's the broken spring in the sofa. You were going to fix it, remember? When I get the time, I will. Martha, give me a cigarette. Cigarette? Well, you just got through lighting four cigarettes, one after the other. Well, what about it? They're still in your mouth. (laughs) Those are my fingers. I'm biting my nail. I think I'm going to have a nervous breakdown. I can't stand the pressure of this farm work. John, it's obvious that all you need is a rest. Rest? Rest? I haven't been able to sleep in three nights, tossing and turning. First on my left side, then on my back, then on my stomach, then on my right side, then on my back, then on my left side. On a good night, I can make 200 revolutions an hour. <laughs> I'm telling you, Martha, it's, it's really Dinner's getting... ready. Don't! Janice, do you have to shout? Shout? All I said was dinner is ready. There you go again. I will not have people coming in and yelling at me. I will not tolerate any shouting. Dad, what is the matter with you? What's the matter with me? It's this farm. I, uh, uh, I, uh, look, um, look, 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 dear. Hmm? Uh, a good night's sleep will fix you up. Uh, Why don't you eat some dinner and then go right up to bed? Come on. Come into the dining room. Uh, there. Janice, hand me your father's soup plate and I'll serve him. Here you are, Mother. Martha, must you make all that racket? (laughs) Racket? All I did was barely scrape the ladle on the bottom of the bowl. Well, with my nerves, the slightest noise is magnified a million times. Now, may we please eat dinner in utter and complete silence. All right, dear, all right. Martha, can't you eat your soup quietly? I dipped my spoon into the soup without a sound. You made the noodles bang against each other. (laughs) Now, will you please be quiet? Dad, you'd better put your fingers in your ears. Why should I put my fingers in my ears? I'm going to sprinkle some salt on my meat. (laughs) Janice, I don't... John, relax and let's eat. All right. Oh, the toast is a little burnt. May I scrape it? Are you trying to drive me out of my mind? (laughs) Why, just the thought of toast being scraped gives me goose pimples. 
Dad, uh, what happens if you think of a goose being scraped? Do you get toast pimples? <laughs> Janice, I will not stand for any impertinence. What's that? What's what? That dripping noise. I don't hear anything dripping. Do you, Janice? No. Well, I do. Listen. Drip, 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 drip. Oh. Oh, that's what's doing it. What? The butter is melting on your string bean. <laughs> this place is just like a boiler factory. These noises. What was that? I didn't hear anything. <laughs> dog knocked over the ash can again. Janice, what's wrong with you? Are you hearing things? John, you mean please, that you Please, please, let's have some quiet. Martha, I asked you for quiet. <laughs> what's wrong now? A green pea just fell into your mashed potato. <laughs> but I didn't Oh, what's do... the use? I'm going up and trying to get some sleep. Mother... Do you think he's upstairs by now? Why? I'm dying to eat a piece of celery. <laughs> I think it's safe. Go ahead, Janice. Who's breaking up those orange crates? <laughs> Are you comfortable, John? I'm fine. Do you want another blanket? No, just put out the light and close the door. All right. And, John, try to sleep. Don't lie there thinking. Good night. Good night. Yeah, Martha's right. I shouldn't lie here and think. That's probably why I haven't been sleeping. Tonight I won't think. I'll make my mind a blank. That's it, a complete blank. Blank? That reminds me. Am I supposed to fill out the blank for the tax assessor and take it over to the county seat? <laughs> seat. Seat. Oh, yes, that reminds me. I have to get a new seat for the tractor. It's sagging in the middle. That reminds me. I wonder how Martha's mother is. <laughs> How'd I happen to think about Martha's mother? Let's see, I was thinking about a seat for the tractor, county seat, filling out a blank for the tax assessor. Oh, yeah, that's it, the tax assessor. That big, fat, loud mouth know-it-all. <laughs> reminds me, I wonder how Martha's sister is. <laughs> oh, I've, I've, I've got to get some sleep. Got to... Oh, that darn clock. Cut that out. Quiet. Shut up! Well, <laughs> now maybe I can get some sleep. Oh, for the love of Pete. I'll shove the clock under the pillow here. That's better. Maybe I can fall asleep if I lie on my back. Back? That reminds me, I'd better send back that butter churn. It hasn't worked in months. Reminds me, I wonder how Martha's father is. <laughs> I've just got to put all these thoughts out of my mind. Sam, you need to feel drowsy. 
<laughs> What's that? Quiet. Go away. Get away from that window. You know, I'll fix that bird. Where's my slipper? For the last time, are you going to get away from that window? Okay, you asked for it. That did it. Peace at last. Ah, got rid of the bird. I wonder where he went. Meow. <laughs> oh, no. That poor bird. Oh, well. I'll try and get some sleep. Now what? Something's dripping. I'll ignore it. I won't let it bother me. I'll pretend there is no drip. Drip? That reminds me, I wonder how Martha's brother is. <laughs> well, I think this time I'm really going to fall. Good morning, Ab. Did you see a slipper lying around here? Slipper? Yeah. Was it a leather slipper with fleece lining? Yeah. yeah. You know, come to think of it, I saw a cat dragging it under the porch a little while ago. Oh? Well, get it. Okay, but I don't think you'd want to wear it. Why not? It's got four kittens in it. <laughs> four kittens? Five. <laughs> well, Mr. Granby, you sure are in a grumpy humor this morning. I can't help it. I haven't had any sleep in I don't know how long. Oh, that's too bad. Eb, how long can a person go without sleep? Well, when my brother-in-law was in the Navy, he once went six whole days without closing his eyes. Six days? Yeah. Of course, he slept fine at night. <laughs> Eb, I'm in no mood for jokes. I could only get some sleep. I'm a sick man. Well, if you're sick, why don't you send for a doctor? Well, is there a good one in Doveville? One of the best. Doc Pearson just about saved my life. I woke up one night and I couldn't walk. Oh, why not? I was still in bed. <laughs> oh, Eb, I'm... But I'm, 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 I was I'm a sick to... man. I, I was strangling. I couldn't breathe and my face was turning blue. Joe Pearson got there just in the nick of time. Oh, what did the doctor do? Cut the string on my pajamas. <laughs> Eb, are you trying he to make it... He had to get to my appendix. Operated on me on the kitchen table. The doctor only had 15 minutes to get me off the table. Oh, it must have been a real emergency. Yeah, I was holding up dinner. <laughs> Say, Mr. Granby, why don't you let me get Doc Pearson out here to take a look at you? It sounds like a good idea. I, I think I need to... Yes, take Eb in with you. He's going into the doctor. Hop in, Eb. What are you going to the doctor for, Eb? For your father. Going to have Joe Pearson come out and take a look at him. Is he a good doctor? Oh, Joe ain't a he. He's a she. Uh, Joe's short for Josephine. Eb, does Dad know? Well, no, I didn't think to tell him. A woman doctor. Oh, brother, this is really going to make Pop blow his top. <laughs> We'll return to Granby's Green Acres in a moment, but first, 
Every Tuesday night, CBS brings you one of the brightest and best of the comedy shows, Life with Luigi. You'll enjoy life with the little Italian immigrant who finds American customs baffling and enchanting and who is apt to know more about his adopted country than most of its citizens. CBS cordially invites you to laugh through Life with Luigi every Tuesday night on most of these same stations. Now back to Granby's Green Acres. I'm lying down on the couch. Well, I'm busy in the kitchen. Oh, all right. Coming, coming. Mr. Granby? Yes? Take off your clothes. <laughs> what? Come, 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 come. I haven't got all day. Take them off. Martha! Help! <laughs> What's the What's wrong? Well, this woman, she wanted me and I was... She was... Are you Mrs. Granby? Yes. I'm Dr. Pearson. Y- uh, you're a doctor? Yes. Don't let this Chesterfield I'm smoking fool you. Oh. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I'm not going to tell you. Oh, John, stop being silly. What difference does it make whether a doctor's a woman or a man? Well, she'll... Uh... Well, that isn't... Uh, then I'll have... And then she'll... I just don't like the idea. <laughs> Mr. Granby, I'm very busy. I've got a lot of sick patients. Martha, get me somebody else. Why? I don't want any doctor whose patients are all sick. <laughs> John, you're acting like a baby. All men are babies. And Mrs. Granby, tell me, what seems to be the trouble with it? It? Doctor, if you're diagnosing my case, what are you asking her for? Because you men always exaggerate your symptoms. You can't stand anything. Someday I'm going to write a book about my practice. They say women are the weaker sex. I'd like to see a man have a baby. (laughs) That would make a very interesting chapter. (laughs) Now, let's look you over. Let me listen to your heart. Mm-hmm. Hmm. How is it? Be thankful. It's beating. <laughs> look, I, I think... Now, let's look at your chest cavity. Now, now look, I don't have now any... Now, don't run away. I'm just going to tap on your chest. <coughs> Please? That's <laughs> <So> hard. <coughs> and let go of my wrist. Hmm. Pulse seems all right. Stick out your tongue. Ah. Further. Ah. Tongue's okay. Now... All right, all right. You can put it back in your mouth. (laughs) What happened? Did I swallow it? John, the window shade rolled up. I asked you to fix it. Well, who's got time? I get up every morning, milk the cow, feed the chickens, water the horse. Mr. Granby, I'm going to write you out a prescription. Oh, uh, doctor, while you're doing that, I'd like to pay you... What is your fee? Five dollars. Well, I'll get my purse. Uh, Doctor, what's wrong with me? Not a thing. This farm is too much for a city man like you. That's the trouble with you city men. 
You give up soft jobs because you think farming is easy, and the moment you find out it's hard work, you imagine you're sick. I don't imagine. I am. I don't imagine you are either. <laughs> Here, get Will Kimball to fill this prescription for you. Oh, well, here's the money, Doctor. Oh, thank you very much, thank Mrs. Granby. Well, I've got a lot of calls to uh, make. Uh, ju- just a moment, Doctor. I want to ask you something. How did you know I was from the city and not from around here in Doveville? That's very easy for a country doctor. When I told you what my fee was, you paid it right away. Miss Kimball? Oh, howdy, Mr. Granby. Mr. Kimball, I've got a prescription here, and I'd oh, like... Oh, sicker. Say, I hope you don't have to go to the hospital. No, I just want to get this prescription. You know, I had to go to a hospital once. Yeah, I ate something that didn't agree with me. Oh, that's too bad. That's the last time I eat in that hospital. <laughs> Mr. Kimball, I've got to get this prescription filled. Can you do it? Yes, sir. That there my state license up there on the wall. Oh. That there makes me a qualified druggist. Entitles me to pedal pills... Fill prescriptions and make tuna fish sandwiches. Can you fill my prescription? Oh, sure. I've been at this here drug business a long time. Mixed my first formula back in 1890. 1890? Yeah, it was French dressing. <laughs> Please, Mr. Kimball. Never forget. 1890. That there's year Sunday fell on Saturday. Sunday fell on Saturday? Yep. Joe Sunday. <clears throat> fell on Saturday coming out in the saloon. Mr. Kimball, the prescription. I'm sick, tired, run down. Say, thought... maybe what you need is some of this here iron tonic. Guaranteed to fill your blood with iron. I don't want my blood filled with iron. Well, it's a good deal. With a big bottle of iron tonic, you get this here little bottle absolutely free. Uh, what's the little bottle for? Uh, that's to prevent rust. <laughs> Just fill the prescription. Okay, okay, let me have it. You know, I mixed my first formula back in 1890. It was... Uh, uh, Mr. Kimball, you told me about that. I know. I got a memory like an elephant. <laughs> Folks around here called me Taboo. Taboo? I think he means Sabu. He's the one who's usually associated with elephants. Well, anyone who's associated with elephants needs Taboo. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Kimball, here's the prescription. Yeah. Oh, say, the chair is one of Doc Pearson. Yes, yes. Would you please make it up? Don't have to. Got it already mixed and bottled. Doc Pearson always prescribed this year and for her men patients. Now, here you are. Oh, thank you. Say, have you got a spoon? I'd like to take some now. I'm beginning to feel a little faint. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I'll pour some out for you. Now, here, here. Swallow it. Thanks. Now, how do you feel? Well, I think I'm beginning to feel better. Yes, I am. I, I feel stronger already. Say, that Dr. Pearson's all right. She knew what I needed. Uh, What is in this medicine here? Sugar and water. (laughs) 
sugar and water. Imagine that. John, if the doctor thought you needed any real medicine, she would have given it to you. But what does she know? Martha, I'm sick. That's the reason I can't sleep. My mind's made up. I'm going into the city today and find a specialist. But I... Don't argue with me. Janice, is breakfast ready yet? In a minute. The waffle iron's heating up. Well, hurry. I've only got 20 minutes to catch the bus. I'll bring you a cup of coffee while you're waiting. Mm -hmm. I wonder who that is. Hank Stafford. How do you know? Every time we're ready to sit down to a meal, he shows up. It is Hank. I'll let him in. Martha, quick, my waffle before he sees it. John, it hasn't been cooked yet. Then bring me the batter and a straw. (laughs) I've got to have some nourishment. John, you act as if Henry deliberately drops in to eat here. Don't forget he's the county agent and he visits a lot of farmers. But not at mealtime. Well, it, well, he comes here because of Janice. You know that he likes her, and morning, she's certain... Good morning, Hank. Morning, Mrs. Granvey. Good morning, Henry. Morning, Mr. Granvey. I wasn't in a bed, in. <laughs> oh, what a day. Isn't it great to be alive? Are you? <laughs> John, did you have breakfast yet, Hank? Oh, sure. Early this morning. Well, sit down, drink a cup of coffee, and keep Mr. Granby company while he eats. He has to catch the bus to the city. Uh, I'll see if the waffle iron's hot enough yet. I'll get you a cup of coffee, Hank. You and Dad chat a while. Thanks. Well. Well? Yes. Yes? Well. (laughs) Young man, you have a very limited vocabulary. Uh, well... He should drop in one. <laughs> uh, so you're uh, going to the city, Mr. Granby? Uh, yes, I am. Business? No. Visiting? No. Pleasure trip? No. Of course, it's none of my business. I thought you'd catch on sooner or later. <laughs> oh, thank you, dear. Thank you. You're sure you don't want one, Henry? No, thanks. I've Pass had... the syrup, Hank. Yes, sir. Here you... Say... Give me that waffle, Mr. Granby. I will not. <laughs> well, I, I don't want to eat it. I just want to fix it for you. I can fix it myself. Pass the syrup. Not like I can fix them. No, thanks. Pass the syrup. But I learned a great way to fix them in the Army. Pass the syrup. John, let him fix the waffle for you. But, Martha... Go Mar- ahead, John. Well, of all... Here. Thanks. I... Mr. Granby, would you mind letting go of the plate? I just want to be sure I get it back. Don't worry, you will. Now watch me. First, I pour the syrup on. I always put the butter on first. Oh, that's where you're wrong. The syrup should go on first. I like the butter first. It doesn't taste as good. I like it. But this is the way we did it in the Army. Then why don't you (laughs) re-enlist? Mr. Grandy, let me finish, and then you try it. Now, first the syrup. May I have my waffle? Now the butter. My waffle, please. More syrup. My waffle. And a tiny bit more butter there. Now, doesn't that waffle look good? I can't see it through the tears in my eyes. <laughs> well, will you taste it? Boy, I wish I was eating this. Henry, why don't you? Martha! I'll fix you another one, John. Janice, put another waffle on. All right, Mom. Go ahead and eat it, Henry, before it gets cold. But what about Mr. Granby? Won't he miss his bus? Oh, no, he's got plenty of time before he has to go. Haven't you, John? Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> I've got plenty of time before I have to go. If I don't get something to eat, I'll go before my time. <laughs> I'm a sick man. I don't know Boy, this guy. Kind of... This waffle really tastes good. Oh, Henry, it does my heart good to see you eat. I wish Mr. Granby had your appetite. What good would it do? He's got my food. <laughs> 
never saw he a man walk. He never eats the way you do. Naturally, I've got good manners. <laughs> you know, Mr. Granby hasn't been feeling well lately. Yes, I noticed he looked a little peaked, but I didn't want to say anything. How could he? He's always got his mouth full of food. He's going into the city today to see a nerve specialist. Oh, he doesn't have to do that. We've got a good doctor in Doveville, Doc Pearson. She's the one that brought me into the world. Maybe I can make a deal with her to take him out again. Who gets it? I do. How was the first one? As far as I'm concerned, this is the first one. <laughs> Well, the second one is usually better, John. By that time, the iron is good and hot. Yeah, that's right. The one I just finished was a little soggy. Good. Maybe you'll get indigestion. <laughs> you serve him Why, right, Henry, you should have told me. Here, try this one. What about Mr. Granby? Oh, he doesn't mind. But, Martha, what you... John, you've got plenty of time to catch your bus. But I'm hungry. Janice will make you another waffle. Mother, I can't. Hank got the last of the batter. Last of the batter? How do you like that? I was struck out by a foul ball. <laughs> mm. I have the rest of this one, Mr. Granby. No, thanks. Dad, I, I've got I'll... some eggs in the stove that I was making for Mother and me. I'll bring them right in. Would you like some eggs, Henry? Oh, no, thanks. I don't want to make a pig of myself. Why stop now? <laughs> Hank, please excuse Mr. Granby. He hasn't slept in I don't know when. The farm is getting him down. Mm. Here are your eggs, Dad. Oh, boy, they look good. Yes. No, they... you don't. <laughs> Give me those. At last, some food past the salt, Martha. Here. And the pepper. Here. Now to enjoy my eggs. Dad, boy, I can really put my teeth in. You've got ten minutes to make the bus. But my eggs, my well, eggs. Well, never mind the but eggs. But, Martha, it's have... a shame to let them go to waste. Oh, don't worry, Mr. Granby. They won't go to waste. You're oh. darn right they won't. Martha, give me a piece of toast. I'll eat them in the bus. Mr. Granby, you don't have to go to the city and see a doctor. It's perfectly obvious what's wrong with you. What? You eat too much. Dr. Conrad, what's the verdict? Mr. Granby, my examination of you shows several things. Several things? Yes, one thing puzzles me. You seem to be suffering from malnutrition. Don't you get enough to eat? Not when I eat at home, no. What else is wrong, Doctor? Well, your heart, your liver, your lungs are all right. Oh, that's good news, but why can't I sleep? Well, since you have never been my patient before, I know very little about you, but the trouble seems to be more mental than physical. Uh, tell me, what was your occupation for the past 20 years? Well, now, let me see. I started working in the City National Bank when I was 22. Mm -hmm. I ran a comptometer for six years, then I was promoted to assistant teller. I see. Eight years later, I was made assistant cashier. Mr. Granby, then, you I, don't I, I, have mm -hmm. to tell me anything more. I know exactly what is wrong with you. What? You need an occupational readjustment. An occupational readjustment? Yes, you should get out of the city and buy yourself a farm. <laughs> Doctor? Yes? I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, tonight ends the current series of Granby's Green Acres. Before we leave you, though, here is John Granby with a word. We've enjoyed spending this summer weeks with you, and <clears throat> now I wonder if you do Martha and Janice and me a favor. Sit down and write us a postcard or a note telling us how you like our show. Just write to Granby's Green Acres, care of your local CBS station. They'll forward it to us. Don't forget to write to us, and good night. Good night, good night everybody. everybody. <laughs> 
have just heard Granby's Green Acres, starring Gail Gordon, B. Benadere, Louise Erickson, Parley Bayer, Rye Billsbury, Horace Murphy, and Gail Bonney. Granby's Green Acres was written by Jay Somers and Jack Harvey and was directed by Jay Somers. The assistant director was Bob Shue. Sound effects were by Billy Gould and Ray Erlenborn. Engineer was Pat Walsh. Music was composed and conducted by Opie Cates. This is Bob Lumon speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Those were the fifth and sixth episodes of Granby's Green Acres. We radio fans are fortunate that we can still enjoy them 70 years later. That ends our three-part Granby's Green Acres Marathon. I hope you enjoyed it. Give us a visit at anchor.fm slash oldradiocomedypodcast or tap on the link in the show description page on your podcast app. Also, follow us on Twitter at Old Radio Comedy. That's it for today. Tune in next time as we bring you another classic comedy radio show right here on the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening.